Wednesday afternoon to you. Welcome into Sports Talk. Scott Beatty and Lauren Tate here with you, hour number one. We're uh, special live on location today at Riggs Brewery in Urbana. We're uh, celebrating with our customers and advertisers that have been uh, recognized in the people's choice, having a nice event out here with them. So uh, we're here live to uh, celebrate that, but we're also here with you through the next couple of hours to talk all things sports and beyond. Glad you're with us here. Lauren Tate, good to see you. Good to see you. What's happened today other than an announcement that there's going to be an announcement? (laughs) That's right. That's the breaking news. Okay. Is that tomorrow we will find out the Big Ten women's basketball schedule. Thursday we will find out the Big Ten men's basketball schedule. Yep. As you recall, we already know the opponents and the breakdown of home and away, but we don't know the specific dates and possibly we don't know the specific times. Maybe that will be revealed. Maybe it won't. And we'll learn those Thursday, and then we'll forget them until they start get around the basketball season. Right. And, I, and I, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess a vast majority of them will not have tip times associated with them because... Or where you get them on TV. Huh? Right, exactly. And that's the, going to really be interesting, and that, more, so, more so in a couple of years than now. Yeah. They're still under some, the old contract now. So that's where we are now in how we create news. We're creating a release <laughs> to let you know that we're going to create a release for a schedule, which we all know has to come out and be released. <laughs> well, Is it a light week or something? <laughs> maybe so. Um, Illinois got beat by seven passes in the final uh, minute or so of the game at Indiana. Yeah, I think now they counted seven out of nine. Seven, seven out of nine, nine, that's right. And, and yet, the, when they got down to the five-yard line, uh, they didn't complete any passes. They just ran it in from there. What a concept. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, the reason I brought it up is that this week they're pay, they're placing uh, they're placing a team that's maybe got an even worse running game than Indiana, but a lot better passing game. That's Virginia. That's Brennan Armstrong, yep. the left-handed quarterback. They're getting yep. ready ready for. But if you recall, the head coach of Virginia from last year uh, stepped down and wanted, wanted to step aside. Well, they lost their last four games, and I think that uh, you know, and, and they had. Uh, this is interesting. They won two games during the season. I think it was Syracuse. I'm sorry, it was Miami and Louisville. Both games, there was a field goal kicker in position to kick the winning field goal for the other team, and both missed. Oh man! Yeah, the the the, uh, the Miami game they won 30 to 28 on a miss, and then the Louisville game they won 34 33 on a miss, and then after that they lost four straight games, and that's when Mendenhall stepped down. So they they have an entirely new staff. Some mm-hmm. of the same players. Co- coordinators new. I mean, offensive, defensive, and head coach Elliot, brand new. And he comes via Clemson. Mm-hmm. Offensive and, coordinator there. So he's yeah. an offensive guy. So I, I think Illinois. I think they have some decent. That the word is there's still some decent skill players for for Virginia, but a lot has has changed, and Illinois may be able to out physical them up in the middle again. Well. Offensively, they lose all five starters and their tight end, who was really good. But they've got four great receivers. I say great receivers. Very, very good receivers who, in the first game against, um, in, in their win, uh, they, compl- they caught, let's see, uh, 13 passes. That's Thompson, Wicks, and Kemp. And they got a 6'7 guy named LaBelle Davis who caught four passes for 89 yards. So their passing game is big time. Their running game is not very good. 
that was kind of what Indiana was. I don't know if I'm ready to call Indiana big time in their passing, but they seemed to be much more effective there. Well, they hit a couple, for the game-winning touchdown. They hit, a, they hit a couple bombs early. They hit a 40-yarder and a 52-yarder early. And, of course, the one of them was a touchdown. And then, of course, at the end, it was all short passes, which uh, took them all the way down the field. And, and you wondered, did, was Illinois playing too soft then defensively? They, 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 I wouldn't say that our defensive backs were any, anything. You, you wouldn't word the, use the word soft about our defensive backs. No. But, but in that last drive, we did have Juan Martin out. I, I don't know how many plays he was out, but he was out part of that time. And they did have a couple of subs in there and in and out. And so... You know, just the um, just just the one thing about the pass is if it's if it's if it's protected and perfectly thrown, the receiver will always have an have an edge on catching the ball. Well, let me ask you, as uh, we're often running here on Sports Talk, and Matt Stevens from Illini Guys is going to join us coming up here in a bit. Uh, by the way, we are uh, usually each week talking to Robert Rosenthal on Tuesdays. We're going to talk with him tomorrow. Uh, so uh, uh, fear not on that. Uh, also next hour, Chris Thomas, Illini volleyball coach, will join me and Evan. Um, but when it comes to that last drive, so many people are upset. I don't Call it what you want, prevent defense, soft coverage, or whatever you want. You're trying to keep the ball in front of you. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and they're counting on that. Indiana's counting yeah. on that because they're not, they're not trying to go deep. They're just trying I mean, to... Do you, do, you, do you, at the end of the day, go, that was a coaching decision? Or was that just... So I, I saw that happen at least 10 times over the weekend mm-hmm. in really close games, whether it was the Purdue-Penn uh, State game, whether it was, uh, on, sun, uh, whether it was on Saturday, in, uh, or rather Sunday, uh, that uh, Florida State game. Both teams marched down the field at the end with passes. And, and one team gets all, you know, I saw, I, I don't think it's anything unusual. I mean, it, it just happens when teams get desperate and they go into the two-minute offense the question should be, why don't they go into two-minute offense all the time? Yeah. I've, I've wondered that for years. You know, why don't you start out the game in a two-minute offense? Just, you know, just throw caution to the wind. Well, nobody would do that. But you do that at the end of the ball game, and what happens is there's a tendency uh, maybe to be, to be a little cautious defensively. You don't want to let anybody get behind you, which happened in this game earlier. You don't want to lose it on one play. Make them earn it, and they did. You know, I, I once asked a baseball coach when I was working in minor leagues, I said, is there any way where you kind of deviate from the so-called the book? Baseball people call mm-hmm. things certain ways sure. of doing things by the book. And he said, I say... Is, that say a, not, is anything like analytics? Well, this was a little <laughs> still like analytics wasn't, you know, it's just more yeah, of... I understand. If it's this situation, the book says you do this, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You bunt here, you, you, yep. you, 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 you hit and run there. That kind of stuff. And he said, the only thing I don't really like to do is no doubles defense. Typically, no doubles defense in baseball comes a late-inning situation where you're trying to protect a lead. and You don't want to let the game-winning run score. So the outfield will play very deep. The corner infielders will hug the lines. And he says, the reason I don't play no doubles defense is because I feel like a double is on the pitcher anyway. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to be more in a a better alignment defensively. That's more naturally going to cut off the ball. And I wonder in those game winning drives, why do football coaches like quote no doubles defense? Is my term not theirs? And it's not even if it's not a prevent. Why not play your regular defense? If you get burned, you get burned. I think they did. I think they played the regular defense. Okay. I think they were man to man much of the time. 
I mean, what else are you supposed to do? I mean, if I can't guard you, you're always going to have that step. I'm gonna, if, the best defender in the world can't stop a receiver. Any receiver is going to have a step on you when he makes his break. Mm-hmm. And if the ball is thrown accurately, and listen, basically, like, he threw for over 2,000 yards last year from Missouri. Yeah, Come he's on, no chump. last year. I he's mean, no this chump. isn't some guy that wandered in off the farm. I mean, this is a guy that's played a lot of football, and he's been a regular, he's been a starter, and been a standout for Missouri. Now, maybe not as good as they want, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I didn't think, I'm not trying to tell you he's a great player, but he's not, he's certainly capable of doing exactly what he did. And, and those receivers were really good. Those, that's what, uh, yes. Th- and we didn't we didn't know anything about this. One guy's a junior college transfer who only offer was at New Mexico, I, I, and, I, and he was going to go to out of Texas. He was going to go to New Mexico out of junior college, and somehow Indiana had an idea that he had this talent, and he he came up and caught what eight or nine passes in that game. I did ask the Indiana one of the Indiana writers in the box. I said, "Now you guys, because remember Indiana kept everything under wraps. They didn't." They were doing media availabilities by Zoom. Nobody saw anything sure. except for, I think, maybe an off-the-record practice. I said, is anything surprising you here about what they're doing? He said, not really, but we are seeing that there's some pretty good receivers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Indiana continues to have some effectiveness there in the, in the passing game. I don't think they have enough to stand up against the, the better competition in the Big Ten East. You better be able to run the ball a little. You can't run 32 yards in an entire game and tell me you got any kind of a physical team. Michigan I mean, that's State terrible. Uh, Michigan State has lost uh, a couple of uh, uh, defensive players. Uh, read that today, and Michigan yeah. State. I didn't realize this was one of the worst passing defenses last year. Yeah, they were. That's interesting. You know, statistically, that's true. So uh, Matt Stevens is going to join us. We'll talk some more football and Illini news with him coming up. He writes for IlliniGuys.com. We're grateful to Riggs Beer and uh, Riggs Brewery here hosting us today out here on a nice sunny afternoon. And thankfully the sun is behind the shade here so we don't have to sweat too much. So we have that coming up. Evan's out here for hour number two. And uh, we'll also bring you our conversation with Chris Thomas. You got anything on your mind, you can text us. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. When we come back, Matt Stevens, stay with us. This is Sports Talk. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. Wall Street's attempt to put the brakes on weeks of nearly nonstop selling quickly faded, leaving stocks with another losing session. The market ended at its lowest level since mid-July. The Dow Industrials tumbled 173, the S&P lost 16, the Nasdaq dropped 86. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh says the chronic shortage of available workers is a bigger threat to the economy than inflation. He told a broadcast interview that immigration reform is needed to bring more workers into the country. As Europe works to free itself from its dependence on Russian natural gas, Chevron sees an opportunity. It's developing its liquefied natural gas business with a focus on Europe after previously focusing mostly on Asia. Oil ended little changed as new COVID-related lockdowns in China kept traders on the defensive. Crude finished at $86.88 a barrel, up a penny. Larry Kofsky, Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. 
Sports Talk brought to you in part by ABC Heating and Air in the middle of the day or night. It's as easy as ABC to always be comfortable to meet your emergency needs with no change in the service fee anytime, day or night. Call them 217-352-5400. Scott and Lauren with you here for the first hour of Sports Talk. Evan for the next hour. And Matt Stevens joining us here from IlliniGuys.com. Tommy DeVito talked with us today, the Illini quarterback, and uh, says when reviewing the tape, it's not just one thing or two things that he's taken away. He is looking at everything when making corrections. You know, we say it'll come down to one play off. They made this one play, but at the end of the day, like I was saying, we sh- it should have never came down to that. Whether even if it was that, um, you know, the touchdown, not touchdown that Brian had, it should not come down to that one play. We should have put a lot more points up on the board as an offense, and I think that we did a good job moving the ball. We just need to finish the drives and continue to do that, but yeah, I'm going to be hard on myself on every throw, every read, everything that I go forward with, and I think that that's, that's a good part of my game that I'm very hard on myself. What's the challenge for you in the red zone? It's obviously you're closer to the goal line, but it's a shorter field. No doubt. I mean, I mean, it's a lot. It's harder than you think, just because the DBs don't have to go anywhere. They back. They're not going to back up because they're in the end zone already. Um, it's challenging, and I think that as an offense, we know we've had discussions as to how we're going to attack that and how we can be better in that. All right, there's Tommy DeVito, Illini quarterback. Matt Stevens here. I want to ask you this, Matt. Where in two games, and particularly the game against Indiana, if any, did you feel that Illinois was overmatched? Not where did Illinois not play well, but where did you see Illinois, if anywhere, overmatched? The interior of the offensive line has to get better and has to get better quick because I don't think Indiana's defensive line is all that great, um, but they got pressure up the middle on from guard to guard and and when it comes to jordan slaughter uh who played on friday i don't know if he's going to play saturday against virginia um at left guard but if you go from jordan slaughter to alex pilstrom to zy chrysler they have to play better i don't know if they're physically overmatched by what indiana was putting out there but in terms of production and in terms of what you know you got out of their defensive line compared to the interior of your offensive line that's one where you put the check mark on indiana so that's what's got me wondering Mm -hmm. Is this something where the offensive line can actually get better? Because well, sure they, they, they still they churned out the running yards that they did, but they made a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. But are those things that you could go back and say, guys, do you see the communication problems here? Or did you see how we didn't read this right? Obviously, the fourth and goal, that was a complete mental fart. Well, you had you had Kramer calling the offensive line play for five years right basically and now you got pilstrom who obviously is learning the position from guard to guard okay that was jordan slaughter's i think third start fourth start fourth career start but i know it was isaiah adams's first career start at guard in the opener against wyoming Mm -hmm. if they go back to the original you know offensive line let's just say when julian julian pearl's health healthy on saturday Isaiah Adams has one career start at guard. Alex Pilstrom now has two career starts at center, and Zy Chrysler has two career starts at guard. I, you know, when I talked to Pill today, uh, you know, in our in our media session, he literally said the word communication because these guys have got to figure out how to communicate and got to figure out how to get their assignments taken care of in a group as almost like they're they're tied together on a string. You and until it, they do that, I don't think Illinois is going to be as effective as they need to be. You think Allen might have known that when he was setting up his uh, defensive structure? I think Allen knew that his undersized defensive linemen, and they are undersized compared to what you would normally put out there, especially in an odd man front in the Big Ten. I think he thought they he he might have had they might have been underselling 
people thought were underselling what he had there. But I'm telling you right now is if they play a normal power five offensive line with what they have physically to offer, they are going to get absolutely overmatched. You're talking Indiana. Yeah, I am. I'm talking Indiana. Mm -hmm. and I So I just don't think Tom Allen can hang his hat on our defense is awesome. You know, and so there's a lot of things that they did in their first game that should trouble them just as much as Illinois. Well, uh, how how did you feel the linebacking played for Illinois? I'm going to count the outside linebackers. It looks to me like defensively, we got an awful lot of play from the tackles internally, and then pretty good, strong play from the defensive backfield, with a few exceptions, Mm -hmm. which is always going to happen in the passing game. But where are the linebackers? I thought Seth Coleman played really, really well. Um, I thought Tyreek Barnes darn near played every snap um, on Friday, so I thought he played pretty well. Um, I, I, I think from game one to game two, I thought our Isaac Darkangelo made a significant jump from what he was. He played against, half, half the snaps. Yeah, when when you evaluate what he did against Wyoming, okay, and what he's you know asked to do, and then you evaluate what Indiana was allowed to do in the run game. Dark Angelo had a big part of that, so I thought he played. He made a big step from his first career start in Game One to his first career start in a Big Ten game in, in Game Two. So, I, I didn't see that much in the secondary part of Illinois' defense that you should find unbelievably troubling. Only in the sense that again, Indiana averaged 1.2 yards per rush, and if you do that ten more times, Illinois got a really good shot to win games. Yeah, I would think so. Well, I, I just uh, I'm wondering about the linebackers because Hart, we had. Uh, an idea after one game or three quarters of a game that he was going to be something special, and it looks to me like Dark Angelo could start this week. Uh, I, 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 although, although you, the main concern right now is passing; it's not running. Yeah, North see, Carolina doesn't come here with any kind of a running game. Uh, C.J. Hart was an All SEC or All ACC linebacker, you know, at NC State, and simply just played behind a guy who was an All American. So, mm-hmm. I wouldn't count out C.J. Hart as a productive member of that linebacking core just yet. Well, I, I'm thinking which might. Okay, what do you do? Do you start with five defensive backs against Carolina? I mean, you just commit yourself Virginia, to that? Virginia. Virginia. I'm sorry, Virginia. Virginia. Excuse me. Uh, I don't know if I do that because it seems to me like without what Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall was so unorthodox in what he did offensively and what he brought to that program coming from BYU. It seems to me like what Tony Elliott wants to do is establish the run. They ran it for almost six and Mm -hmm. a half yards of carry against an FCS team. That's not exactly an FCS doormat. And they also seem committed to running the football a little bit more than Virginia is. And also they run their quarterback a little bit more. So I don't know if I'm necessarily playing a nickel or a dime defense with that, but with with that, with what they're going to come with Champagne. Yeah, Armstrong ran for 105 yards. He was a leading rusher. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they had 250 Nine, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be going smaller with what, what Virginia wants. I would. I would. I would be very confident that Aaron Henry and Ryan Ryan Walters can figure out in their secondary how to cover people. Matt Stevens joins us from IlliniGuys.com. Well, uh, we were kind of talking about this, you and I, uh, at the ball game. But you look at the first four games on the schedule for Illinois. You're pretty much counting on two wins: Wyoming and Chattanooga. These middle two weeks, two and three, or games two and three, were kind of the toss-up. So here we are. In now, you're looking at for Illinois. Probably worst case is two and two after the first four. Best case is three and one, and that all hinges on this Saturday. How much does everything? sort of calm down. I don't know how much it's in turmoil. I'm not talking about inside the locker room. I'm talking about outside and how people are looking at this. If Illinois just simply beats Virginia. 
Brett Bielema has coached 14 games at Illinois. The 15th game coming up here on Saturday is the most important part, most important game of his Illinois tenure. It's not close. If you lose that game against Virginia, first of all, I cannot find a way to get you to six wins. I cannot do it. Second of all, this, is, this has always been the bell cow game. Your Power 5 game in year two has always been the bell cow game as to is this on the right track and is this going in the direction we need it to go. Tim Beckman went to Soldier Field and played, uh, I think it was Washington, Washington mm-hmm. yep. okay, and did not win and did not look good. And everybody went, uh-oh, this isn't going in the right direction. Lovey went to Tampa and lost to a ranked USF team okay, and got boat raced. And everybody went, uh-oh, this is not going in the right direction. If in front of a half-empty, which I imagine it will be, half-empty Memorial Stadium in Champaign on Saturday at 3 o'clock, Brett Bielema gets boat raced in both games against Virginia, specifically this one on Saturday, I think there will be a lot of people that say, uh-oh, this is not going in the right direction. Well, I think I'd say the same thing if they get if they get uh, routed. I, mm-hmm. I think that there's a reason why there's a four, they're a four-point favorite or whatever it is right now. Four, four I was not half. prepared for Illinois to be favored on Monday morning. I was not prepared for that. Um, I... I but they are, and yeah, I think if they win it, okay, now you're three and one, and you, you're going to Madison on October first, and Brett, Brett's making his return to Wisconsin. I think everybody can feel a little bit, still feel a little bit good about a being bowl eligible and b having this going in the right direction. I asked this to Richie, and I'll ask it of you: If you had a game between Illinois and Indiana, the same teams with the same players, this coming Saturday at Indiana, who would you pick? I pick Illinois. I would too, because it's the better team. Right. Better team didn't win, did they? Uh, I, I would say the team that if 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 you say that you think Illinois is a better team, then that gives me more confidence than if we won the game and played terrible. You are describing a phrase that the college football committee, college football playoff committee, uses in late October and early November, which infuriates me, which okay. is called game control. Okay, I don't understand the game control statistic other than I if I watch the game. Mm-hmm. And, under, and Illinois is walking the ball up and down the field, which they did, okay? and, and they don't win. <laughs> Guess what? Illinois still didn't win. You well, know what I, I mean? I understand that. I know. But, but I thought, look, if, if, if you're a team like Indiana and you make less mistakes and you don't do anything critically to shoot yourself in the foot yourself, um, you have a really good chance to win a football game, especially if you're at home. So Illinois did everything they could except – Score. You know, score. Yeah. But they also did everything they could to lose the football game, too. <laughs> right. So, I That's mean, I, true. I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think Illinois got jobbed or anything oh, like, no, like no. that. I just think, yeah, I would take Illinois because I would think they wouldn't do the same things that they did last weekend to lose a football game. Well, I think physically, I, I, I'm pretty, uh, I think that they showed that they're pretty strong up front. Yeah. I mean, they dominated the line, I think, both both ways from a physical standpoint. Now, from a mistake standpoint, that's a whole different story. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm actually not as discouraged as everybody else about the lack of pressure or these. Because, again. Well, they got went, some pressure. They went, just didn't get any sacks. Number four did, like nine times yeah. more than anybody in yeah. the country, you yeah. know, Johnny Newton. But yeah. but I also feel like the line of scrimmage changed the minute the ball was snapped, too. And that's why Indiana only got one yard to carry. I felt like Indiana's offensive line, which was also, I think, had three or four new pieces, got mm-hmm. pushed back about a yard and a half on pretty much every play that they wanted to. And, and yeah. I thought, I thought that. You know, you had offensive linemen getting pushed into Counter Basiliac and enforcing some overthrows that he made early mm-hmm. in that ball game. So, yeah. so I don't, I don't know how much that they necessarily struggled, but you're going to have to have that same kind of pass rush against Virginia again this week in Champaign. Scott Beatty, Lauren Tate, Matt Stevens here. We're at Riggs Brewery too, celebrating the News Gazette's People's Choice Awards. 
at, at some point, everybody's got to turn the page, but I, I still <laughs> just can't get over the Hightower non-touchdown. Is there a logical explanation that you see for the call stands as non is incomplete? No. But I, I, but I don't get it, and Brett Bielma can't say or won't say because I don't know what the fine structure is. Tommy DeVito said without saying that, yes, he caught it. It was a touchdown. So did Brian Hightower. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody, for some reason, everybody except for the replay official or whatever thinks it was not a touchdown. I have ma- it is a touchdown. Right. I have made this point, though, all week long since Friday night when I left the stadium. That is why it is unbelievably critical to still get the call on the field correct. And I still feel you like bet. and I, I still feel this is the pet peeve that bothers me is that we now have officiating crews that go, Well, it's fifty fifty, I don't know, but the guy upstairs will bail me out if I'm wrong. No, the guy won't bail you out if you're wrong because it's almost kinda like trying to prosecute somebody in a court of law. If you're not a hundred percent sure and that guy up there isn't a hundred percent sure a reasonable they're doubt. probably not gonna overrule you. And so But um, wasn't the evidence still there? Mm, yeah. There, there I, might have been a second where he couldn't see the ball. Yeah, I couldn't because he fell on it. I don't a hundred percent know what's going on behind Brian Hightower's elbow, but logic tells me he still probably had it. The other problem I have, Scott Beatty and, and, and Lauren is that, look, Scott Beatty, you do baseball games for a line I, you know, all, all the time. Lauren, you, you're, you're a baseball guy. I know what a catch is in that sport. I know what a catch is in basketball. That's exactly right. It is right. still frustrating to me in 2022 that we do not know what a catch is in that sport. And we, I, I don't know whether it's at high school, college, or, or the yeah. NFL. You cannot properly define to me what a catch is, and that is unbelievably stupid <laughs> when, when we have games that are on television and it's a game that's watched by millions upon billions of people. It's still hard to define. I mean, you know, I mean Luke Ford when the ball was dislodged, and I do think that was the correct call. I think it was a fumble, but that was almost a, well, did he really catch it? Did he Did he make a football move? Yeah, that's the, okay, now we have to define what a football move is, right? You know, like Scott Beatty, when you do baseball, okay, you know what the transfer is after, a, after an outfielder makes a catch, uh-huh. and it's properly defined by everybody, and you can look out there with, even if you have binoculars, and go, yep, he made that catch. The fact that we can't do it in football is mystifying to me, yep. and it's almost as frustrating as anything in, in and modern even in day ba- sports. In baseball, even, they even say we're going to be specifically vague. Like the, right. As soon as the ball is in the glove, it's not controlled in the glove, but is in the glove if you're looking at a bang-bang play. But of all, the, all the games that we saw this weekend, I saw a bunch of games. I mean, starting Thursday all the way through Sunday. Mm-hmm. Was there a single time that, that a catch was ruled incorrectly? Was there a single time? I mean... That they went up and they didn't get it right on the review. I mean, I, this is only, I, this was unbelievable to me, and I'm not even suggesting that this uh, meant the game or anything because this changes the whole game if you if, the, if you go back to that point. But I, I just don't I don't know how you miss that one because I don't see him being missed anywhere else. The two pet peeve calls I still have right now is is it a catch or not? Because I you know the fact that we don't know is just mystifying and frustrating to me. The other is targeting. Mm-hmm. We still have not entirely figured out what targeting is in the sport, and I don't know if we ever will. It's get that one's getting better. Yeah, mm-hmm. is it a catch? Is not. It, it has yeah. not gotten better. I, I don't know what else the kid could have done. He caught the ball. I don't either. He twice. caught the ball twice. And he caught the ball twice. It was Scott. on slow motion replay, but that referee swallowed the whistle and three seconds later decided I better make a call of something. Well, the ball came out of his hand, so it must be incomplete. And then they all went, well, that's we... my That's my pet peeve, Scott, is that if, if when you see a ref not initially make a call, he didn't you, know, know. you know in his head he's going, 
Oh, no, I don't know, but I'm sure he knows, pointing yeah. to the guy upstairs, so we'll get this right. No, we won't. All right. Uh, Tommy DeVito. Mm-hmm. Where's he at after two games? Pretty good, actually. I, I mean, I, I, there's a there's a there's a feeling in Champaign that they're not taking enough deep shots. I looked at it. They 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 took 11 of 35 shots beyond 10 yards in, in, in Bloomington. I don't exactly know how many times Illinois fans want them to throw the ball deep down the field. But that's pretty good. And the fact the problem is is that they're not just they're not being very accurate with them because receivers aren't getting separation and Tommy's got a really short window to throw the football into. Um, but I, I think. With everything you saw and what they're asking Tommy to do through two games with a new system and a new you know new set of wide receivers and everything, I would be pretty pleased with with number three right now. And 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 the one thing I saw progression with is on Friday night was I thought I think he picked up two first downs, maybe even three or four with his legs. You know, those are third down conversions that Tommy's picking up with his legs. And you're going to have to. You're, I mean, I don't know why they weren't doing it before, but you, but you're going to have to game plan for that if but you're playing defenses. If two of them are scrambles. Yeah, and if you're going to if you're going to be defending Illinois at this point, and that's a new element to Illinois' offense with Barry Lunny that hasn't been happened in I don't know since Brandon Peters was your starting quarterback. What was Brett Bielma saying, guys, when he said uh, our coaches? He, he said something post game about we, and he took full ownership, but he said our coaches need to do better job of. In managing the game, and and, and I, I don't know what it's always the head coach's call on going for it, and I don't think it was a bad call to go for it on that fourth and goal. Mm-hmm. I, I I would have preferred him to to kick, to kick the field goal. That's me. Okay, and everybody. I mean, but I don't think it's wrong. I don't think there was a right and wrong. Well, in part this, of okay? the consideration is if you leave him down there. Yeah. If you don't make it, you leave him right on. Yeah, the, of all the times you've left Ryan Walters hanging and, let, and holding the bag, putting him his defense on the opposing two is is, going, is like a gift at that point. So, yeah. so I, I just uh, I, I don't know. It was just curious comments where I, I feel like uh, he's almost saying to his new coaches, i.e. Barry Lunny and maybe Sean Snyder, like, we have to learn this team quick and push the right buttons here, and maybe we didn't. And I am entirely okay with that um, transparency to a degree uh, because last year we didn't hear that. We were hearing constant frustration from fans and whatnot about the offense or lack thereof, and it was just kind of what it was. Yeah, what I got out of it, and I initially thought that Two games in, Fred Bielema is bust-tossing his friend Barry Lunny, who's been with him for almost a decade yeah. now, okay? I didn't hear that. What I hear out of Brett, and I actually kind of appreciate it if you listen closely, is like, look, you guys can see that our players make mistakes, but it's not exactly on television all the time when we make mistakes. And so when when we make mistakes, we've got to also be held accountable for those things, just like our players have to be held accountable when they make mistakes. And so I think that's what Brett's doing. Uh, specifically, okay, and I was pretty pleased that Barry said this, which is, the, you know, the swing pass to Chase Brown that gets called a fumble and darn near knocks Chase Brown out of the game. Barry Lunny had a chance in hindsight now to go. You know what? Yeah, that 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 I, that was bad on my part. That's 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 supposed to be forward though. It is, but it wasn't. You know, know, one, it, it mean, wasn't, and two, he wouldn't have done it if if, if he thought it was going to be a lateral. Well, he, I don't know if he also would have done it if he thought that play is going to get your best player on the field darn near knocked out of the ball game. And I think that's mm-hmm. another reason why Barry didn't like it. And so what what I got out of what I got out of Friday night Scott and then Monday morning when we talked to Barry we talked to Brett, Barry and then Brett again is that and then Barry again is 
we're all on the same page here with the mistakes that we made. Nobody is in, you know, there's no, there's no infighting on this staff right now about, no, it's not my fault. It's your fault, you know, and oh, no, you're, you're tying my hands, boss, on my offense. I, I really appreciated that Barry said that more than anything, which is, no, this is my offense. The head coach has empowered me to do what I need to do on offense. And on Friday night, we weren't as good as I wanted us to be. And that is, in some, why I think there is encouragement for Illini fans about this team. I don't know how many wins they're going to get. And like you said, I agree 100%. If they do not win Saturday, they're kind of up a creek in terms of a bowl. But I think there's alignment in the coaching staff. I think the offense is more interesting and seems to be better. And, uh, you well, know. We haven't mentioned Isaiah Williams, and he, he was a big factor in that game. Yeah. So I, I just plays. think I think there's signs pointing up. I'm not talking about winning the division. I'm just saying the only thing we're not doing progress. is getting the ball to tight end. We threw it to them. And, they're trying. And, 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 <laughs> they're they're trying. They're, them. they're trying. All three. Uh, all three uh, tight ends lost the ball. I, I mean, mean two, I, he two won't say it. But Bar- Barry's a, Barry by trade is a tight ends coach, but he can't go out there and catch it for him. Yeah. All right, Matt, before we let you go, how excited are you for today's news that we're going to learn news about a basketball <laughs> schedule in the coming days? That's where we're at now. We're, we're putting out press releases about press releases to come. Big Ten had all those summer months to get a basketball schedule out to the masses before football season started, and everybody has their, you know, their you know, attention directed in some way. Two weeks into basketball season, they're like, "Yep, yeah, we're going to release the we're going to release the you know football season. We're going to release the basketball schedule, and it, it, it's just so Big Ten. I'm sorry, but that one was so Big Ten to go. You know what? Iowa's offense doesn't look very good, and Illinois and Iowa didn't look very good. You know, here's a shiny thing. Here's basketball. You <laughs> but know? it's not even the actual schedule. Right. Just, one yeah. last quick question: you. <laughs> Do you think that Whitman's statement, uh, which he came out with this week, mm-hmm. relative to helping the fans uh, get in the in in the doors? Uh, in the gates, do you think that'll bring any extra people out? Uh, win in Bloomington on Friday night would have brought more people out. I agree out. with that. But, but I, I, I do think, to your question, I think the administration understands the concerns that were the opener on August 27th and working to correct them from what I've been told because of the way the stadium's laid out. And you know this better than even I, Lauren. Some of them are just sometimes un- uncorrectable, especially if your electronic scan- ticket scanner kind of goes down at that moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, there's a lot of different reasons. I, I know they're trying to work at it. Cassie Arner and Josh Whitman and the the athletics officer always try to do their best to, well, to do did. something like that. But to answer your question, Lauren, I think it, it, it did allow fans to think, okay, they're not going to completely blow me off on this one after the I, experience I, I had on the 27th. I give them credit. They acknowledged that there was mm-hmm. issues. They said, we will correct it, and we will communicate what we're going to do. They've communicated what they're going to do. Now the only thing is, did it Go work? do it. And and they have done everything they can in the wake of something that didn't go right. There's right. going to be one gate. I mean, there are going to be a couple of gates that are expedited where you can just get right through. But if you have to have, uh, you know, if you're, if, if you're a woman with a bag or something that has to be checked or if you got... If you're coming in with a suitcase or something. Anybody that's, that's gone through TSA over the last two and a half years should understand what happened on August 27th at Memorial yeah, Stadium. So everybody's got everybody's to take some ownership in this the, one. The secret way, though, to get in fast, you just say, I'm a friend of Lauren Tate. And yeah, they say, you step right that's, in. That's your go, automatic fast pass right there. Just go a little early, folks. Just yeah. go a little early. That's right. Well, they're going to shoot off the fireworks to remind you. <laughs> Matt, thanks for stopping by out here to Riggs. And uh, appreciate, uh, as always, your uh, your your time here on the air with us and your contributions. No problem. This was fun. All right. Thank you. That's Matt Stevens, IlliniGuys.com, at, on Twitter, at Matthew C. Stevens.
Lauren and I with more here in hour number one of Sports Talk after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Sports Talk Live at Riggs Brewery here in Urbana, celebrating the People's Choice for the News Gazette. Scott and Lauren. Hey, my wife said to me the favorite, her new favorite room in the house is the laundry room. Just got redone by CU Under Construction. And uh, Lauren, I don't know what the favorite room in your house is for you. I'm guessing it's not your laundry room, but it is right now for my wife. So <laughs> I don't know if I should be encouraged by that, but CU Under Construction should be encouraged by that review. And as, as well as a new uh, new bathroom, new flooring, uh, new vanity, all that. We really appreciate the work that CU Under Construction did for us. By the way, they won in several categories here at the People's Choice as well. So they're celebrating that. I encourage you to find out why they're so well-reviewed. Check them out online at cuunderconstruction.com, or you just Google them or find them on social media. I really do think Lauren, Illinois has, uh, not just because of the odds make- makers, but I think Illinois has got a really solid chance to win this football game on Saturday. Well, I, yeah, I, I think that they're the favorite for a reason, and I, I think that physically, line play, I mean, if, if Illinois has a problem replacing a couple of uh, offensive linemen, <laughs> Virginia's got to replace all five, mm-hmm. and we don't know what the victory uh, means, uh, you know, against Richmond because Richmond obviously is not up to their level. But I would think that uh, Illinois has got a chance. The thing about Illinois, Illinois will move the ball on the ground. I, going back to, just quickly to Indiana, Indiana can't move it on the ground. Indiana's defense is not very good. I knew Illinois pushed them around, didn't get it in the end zone, but they pushed them around. But Illinois looked to me like in all three categories, Illinois was better. I Am agree. I wrong? I mean, in all three categories, and, except punting, <laughs> which I don't know what happened there. Yeah, because because uh, Hugh Robertson looked the part on on the opener. And We've seen also. him practice. We've seen him kick the ball last year. You know, in practice this year, and in, in games and practice, he looked like a terrific punter. And I don't know, he just flubbed too. All right, we'll transition into the next hour here on Sports Talk. Right after this, you're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. First hour of sports talk about to cut to a close. Second hour on the way. Evan Kahn in with me. We'll also bring you our interview with Chris Thomas, Illini head coach for volleyball. Uh, I, I can't wait to get Evan's take on this, but I just love that. I just know this interests you. Uh, Joe Madden today making <laughs> headlines, at least in the athletic, uh, sounding off a bit on the uh, world of analytics in baseball. Well, it's not he, the info, it's the imposition. That's right, the imposition. They're just maybe forcing too much on them and maybe confusing the hitters by trying to tell them too many things before they just see a pitch and hit it. <laughs> you know, I um, I think there's some of that. But and uh, the thing that really bugs me about this whole business of particularly extra innings, is when you got a man on second and a left-handed hitter up, why don't they bunt the ball down the third baseline and get the guy to third? I mean, how many games are you seeing when nobody scores in that 10th inning? There's a lot of them. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I don't think it's, I don't, I'm not saying you always bunt, and it certainly it depends on who your batter is, but if you've got, if you've got people swung around, bunt it down the third baseline. Surely it's possible. But you know what's also funny? Watching some of them try to do it. <laughs> Especially against 95. All right, thank you, sir. We'll see you tomorrow. Yep. Robert Rosenthal will join us tomorrow as well here on Sports Talk. Evan's in in a moment. This is a news break now here on W.